0: Hello, this is the Head and Tails podcast with me, James Stambridge. To mark International Women's Day, this week's podcast is all about feminism, and I'm joined later by special guest Heidi Lang. We'll be talking about a lot of things that I think will be of great interest. But to start, let me tell you my position on feminism. Fighting poverty and trafficking through education is the mission of at least one non-governmental organisation I'm familiar with. This good news story is important to tell. We all agree that trafficking is a bad thing and that a workable model to educate as a way to reduce the vulnerability to trafficking is a way that each of us can do something. In my 14 years working for Microsoft, I accepted a difficult challenge to move the needle on diversity, specifically on gender, where there is a chronic problem in attracting, retaining and developing women in technical roles. Since 10 of those years were spent in Asia, I learned some interesting perspectives and to not least understand the bias that I and all of us bring into every meeting and interview. This work on hiring, retaining and developing female talent also brought me into contact with the UN Women's Committee in Singapore who have inspirational programs around education, trafficking, girls and young women in science, technology, engineering and mathematics and a host of related issues in the Southeast Asia region. When the UN Women team asked me to speak as part of their He for She programmes, it seemed an ideal chance to bring these strands together in a single line of thought. What amazed me was that the thread that would bring that together is feminism. The young woman who very politely asked me what I, the only man present, was doing at a women's networking event was not prepared for what followed. When she said, well, I'm not a feminist, I asked why not? was my question, why wouldn't you expect your boyfriend, brother, uncle, father to support you in having the same choices that they have? Feminism is about choice, but has become tainted with the worst of equality. I want equality only in choice. Beyond that, I believe in meritocracy and duty. Adding duty ensures that if you're fortunate to be better at something than others, then there is a duty to support and give back to others just as you have been blessed. Equality, let's say an equal number of male versus female airline pilots is a stupid goal. Equality for male and female to choose pilot as a career is what feminism means to me. After that, I want the best pilots to succeed and the worst to fail irrespective of gender. I even heard a senior manager from one of the top accounting firms claim that his company had achieved wage equality across the genders. What he meant by this was that for a given job an experienced pay was about equal. What he did not mean was that if you add up all the money paid to men and all the money paid to women that these would be 50-50. Why is it that we all turn a blind eye to who sits in the lowest paid jobs? Does it really represent any of our experience of the world, our friends and families, that mostly women should be secretaries, nurses and primary school teachers? It certainly does not represent my experience, which has seen at least as many inspirational, brilliant, warm and talented women as it has men. Feminism is being curious about things that make no sense, about continuing to say no to women being more likely to experience abuse, exploitation, bias, and prejudice on our watch. We must be forced to look out the window and see that this is far, far, far from the experience for most women. I'm proud to be a feminist and I take responsibility for making sure all the women in my community have the same choices. As promised, here's my conversation with Heidi Lang. Heidi has held senior marketing roles and now has two successful startups Waste Not Want Not Living and Smile and Wave Sussex, a marketing consultancy. Here we go. And this weekend is uh, International Women's Day. Now, you've had uh, a high flying career, you're a fabulous mom you appear to have had it all is it still important for us to have a day dedicated to women?
1: I've got to be honest I always feel slightly uncomfortable with it because I think there should be an international man's day as well and that's how I feel about anything that really genuinely puts highlights one above the other because why do we need it? Well
0: I think it's so long as women are still statistically more likely to be uh, abused, to be trafficked, to be paid less, to have uh, less representation on boards, uh, I think we still need to have a day just to point out that privilege is unequally distributed.
1: If that's untrue, true, isn't it? Because it, the statistics there need to recognise them in some way, but... I kind of feel, and this might be controversial, but I, feel, I do feel sorry for, for, for the normal everyday guy on the street right now who feels like women are just throwing abuse at them left, right, and centre just because they're men. Because all men are different, all women are different, and it's that generalisation thing, and that um, I think that's what I'm uncomfortable with.
0: Uh, I want to talk about defaults, right? Mm. So, what are the differences between me and you, not James and Heidi, but there are things that I take for granted that are defaults for me, Mm. and there are things that you have to take granted that are defaults for you, and those those don't seem to be equitable to me.
1: Well, the biggest default for a woman is the fact that she's the one that gives birth, obviously. There is nothing that's ever going to change that. (laughs)
0: We, we had a, a, a midwife and her, her phrase to us was well if he was there when it goes in he can be there when it comes out yeah
1: <laughs> exactly um, but yeah that's the biggest difference so the default starts with birth, well carrying a baby birth and then breastfeeding so that's where the default starts because that cannot be done by the man although he can bottle feed he can't breastfeed um, and that's where many women put, get themselves that, into that position in the first place. Some women won't will they? but if you, um, but you know that, that only goes on for a relatively short time. Mm-hmm. and that's somehow to continue yeah. in the sort of traditional mothering route, which is all the usual stuff and all the housewife and stuff. that's sort of probably window of two years, maybe longer if you've got more than one child. It sets the tone. Really. But then it persists, sets the doesn't tone. it? the tone. Yeah,
0: it does. It, it came home to me on a Monday morning management meeting and I tried to make things uh, fun and, and you know, not so not so uh, full on by having conversations about, hey, how was everyone's weekend? And, and I'd had a particularly, I thought, hard weekend because my uh, young son had been ill. And I finished the story. Saying, um, my poor wife is off at the doctors with him uh, this morning. Mm. And one of my staff turned around to me and said, Well, what would it have taken for you to be at the doctors? And my instinct, my my immediate reaction to that was all of the things that uh, I think we're familiar with. Well, I've got the Mm. big job, by which I mean the one that was earning more money. these these things just get in the way, don't
1: they? Well, they do. I mean, for some, for an example, like when you go to the doctors. I mean, I personally prefer to take my daughter to the doctors. I think I ask the right questions. I think I understand <laughs> the whole. I definitely understand health better than my husband. Um, you know, so for me, I'm not. I'm. For, there are certain things as a mother you would rather be doing than not. So um, you know, and that's that's just the way it is. And yeah, but
0: it's the it's the expectation, isn't it? It is. Yeah. If you, if you'd have said
1: you know you had to take him to a dental appointment, whatever, that's different. But there is a difference. A lot of people are quite happy with the traditional roles, but I think most women want more as well, and that's where the issue is. What do you want, forever? Um. Well, as an individual, she's a nurturer and a carer, so uh, I'm sure she will love being mum um, but she's also very bright. So I think all you ever want for your, your children is what they, what they themselves want. Um, I want her to definitely not go through the, the, what I've gone through which is to sort of um, undervalue herself because of stereotypes and attitudes, you know, I—I I was being a woman was a strength for me because mm-hmm. of where I went, but I had to, I had to, do, I had to, I put up with some nonsense along the way. That is for sure. sure. And I remember you in your, um, you know, back in the
0: the day in your power suit. I, I remember mm-hmm. very clearly. Um, do you, think that's, do you think that's still important for, uh, for men and women just to mark themselves out as I'm at work?
1: Yeah, I do, I do. And I know that the trend has been um, to sort of dress down and we're all working at home a lot more. Um, but, you know, this, uh, this is no word of light. If I'm just sitting at home on my laptop, I'll wear whatever, a pair of leggings. The moment I'm seeing another human being, the skirt and tights go on. And that's just a it's a mental adjustment for me. Yeah. Um and you know, I'm just in business mode and in a mode where I think somebody's actually observing me.
0: So these are props for you yeah. or are they expectations?
1: It's entirely for me. Yeah. Nobody else notices. I mean I I often think, have I actually noticed what the person I'm talking to is wearing? And the answer is invariably no. So why should I expect anybody to notice what I'm wearing? I so it's entirely for me. That's
0: such, an interesting, that's such an interesting observation because we often think about what other people will think of us and the truth is they didn't even they notice. They didn't even look. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you get a general feeling about whether somebody's nicely presented or scruffy or whatever, but you really haven't registered whether they're wearing yeah. trousers or skirt most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: you're, you're very involved. In one way or another, with uh, women's uh, entrepreneurship. Mm. So, how did you how did you find yourself in that spot?
1: Um, just because I'm a doer, I just you know, I don't, and I haven't got much of a plan, so I just did it. <laughs> and and I there are things I care about that I wanted to share, and it wasn't deliberate and. Yeah, I know how to market. So I marketed something that was nothing and ended up with a little mini business and, you know, can see how other people can do better with their own mini businesses by, you know, marketing properly. And is it, is it very
0: much... could be such a naive thing to say, but is it just the nature of taking time out of the office to perhaps raise a family or to look after uh sick relative or that there's something that women tend to do more than more than men mm. that is why we now see after four, five, six years, that there is a desire to get back into work. Mm. Is it that only running your own business is available to you or is there something that's really attractive about that?
1: Uh, I think a lot of us do it accidentally because there, I think there are a lot of women out there that do get bored at home but then want balance, so they might start their own little project that will turn into a mini business. Um, a lot of it's about flexibility. I think there's a lot that just want to get out of the house and go straight back to work mm. and they do. Um, some women I think use... Income is an excuse to do that, but actually they don't want to be at home looking after the kids. They'd rather other people did it for them, and I don't think people are quite honest enough about that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was very hard to be at home. Oh, it was so hard to be at home. I hated it, hated it for years. So I had to have something else to keep me sane, which is why you know I would do uh, voluntary work or or help with projects or whatever. But actually, what it was doing was keeping my skills up to date as well. And that's what I think people don't appreciate sometimes, is in that time you can lose your skills and lose your confidence, um, so you don't take the trouble to, to keep those up, then when you finally do want to go back to work, yeah, I think it's, you're uh, stuffed.
0: What, what I'm curious about that is I certainly see the lack of confidence. I see that confidence loss mm. as being something uh, that I think we can all help each other with. There's, something about the strength of the networks yeah. um, that we should definitely be looking at confidence mm. on the skills side I think 10-15 years ago if you'd have taken a year out you would really struggle that things were you just wouldn't be relevant and up to date I've got a feeling that in 2020 things change so fast mm. that you're no more out of date if well, you've taken six years out than yeah. somebody who just stopped for six months.
1: That, that is something somebody said to me recently, and actually, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, you have to be constantly updating at the moment. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like we It's like you know those software upgrades we get every so often. You've got to. You've actually got to do it to yourself as much as you have. Right. What got to you here? Is fine Yeah.
0: But it's not going to get you where you need to go. And do you think it's? When we talk about confidence, is it the confidence to take on those new skills that, you know, I, I just yeah. think about... Oh, God, yes. Facebook, yeah, ...Facebook, uh, Instagram, I mean, I'm dealing, just knowing what's going on. You know, I mean,
1: that's why I've ended up doing what I'm doing, which is essentially helping people with um, social media confidence, is what I call it, because, you know, and I, I said it yesterday, so I mean, you've got to have the confidence to do this, um, and that's what people are lacking, because they, they're not... Uh, I don't want to go on about Facebook or social media... ...but there's the 1%, you know about the 1%, which is of, of the 100% of people on social media... ...5% actually outwardly post and only 1% do it a lot. So it's the 1% that is dictating the content and the tone of what is coming mm. up. The, the, the 95% are just sitting there watching. You've
0: reminded me of a, There's something about a theatre that mm. you, you've got all the people in the audience... And that's the majority of people. And then there's you know a few people backstage, and then there's the actor on the stage. Is that that's and it? And it's it's the confidence to there's get on so the stage. There's so very few
1: people actually participating. Mm-hmm. And some of them want to. Some of them know they should be because they're trying to grow their business yeah. essentially, and they just still haven't got the, the confidence. So to when you're it.
0: talking to somebody about their their entrepreneurship, their, their business and you've got the sense that actually they're perfectly skilled, they, they can learn this stuff. How does that lack of confidence show up or, or what, do you, what do you do about it when you see it?
1: Um, I, I, guess, I guess in a way I tell my own story because mm-hmm. I am you know, naturally quite a shy person. But I've never lacked confidence of, on social media, I just haven't. I'm, I'm a born communicator and I'm more comfortable doing it on things like social media than I am quite often one-to-one. So for me, oh, I, I think, you know, for me to be able to write a blog, for me to be able to share my thoughts on social media was an absolute dream. And, um, and actually find people quite enjoy what I'm saying and what I'm writing is just all the validation I... I needed from my kitchen for a while, Mm -hmm. and that's grown into me believing I can share it with other people. Honestly, sometimes, you know, it is incredibly hard to get people to, 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 when they're really stuck, it's so incredibly hard to get them to take that first step and start doing what they're doing. And it's just about, you know, encouraging them, showing them that, you know, they are experts in their own field. But... I can tell you that it was a lot easier to do it with my male, um, what's the word, person, than it has been with the ladies. The ladies are much harder to get them to do it. Why is that? I don't know. Because they lack <laughs> the confidence. Because they lack the confidence. Yeah. Hmm. And they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're not used to standing up in front of people and, and speaking and, and, you know, and... And, and certainly, uh, for one of them, it's because
0: she's a mum and she thinks she can't cope. Right. Right. And there's something about, there's something about value mm. uh, that I think comes home in the business or entrepreneurial market. Because sooner or later, you're going to have to put a price on your time. Yeah. Uh, all of our products at some point are an abstract of time. And I find that's where that basic lack of confidence really starts to, to, yeah. to show up. Mm. I've got to put a price on this thing mm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, you're, if your master assessment of yourself is saying, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really no good, I wasn't a great, I'm not, I'm not the best at this, I've been out of it for too long, then that's where it will become a real...
1: Well, the problem that you have as a mum is that you become invisible Hmm. because you are a mum and everybody sees you as a mum and recently I wrote about somebody that really annoyed me because they'd patronised me and they patronised me in in, in a way that for me made me realise they knew nothing about my history whatsoever, literally nothing. But they'd never taken the trouble to ask me. Um, they'd ask, just ask me to help them with something. Um, but then on the on the flip side I never offered that information either and I wouldn't presume to do so unless somebody yeah. asked me to. So it's a vicious circle but um, you know you you're so used to being invisible and just a mum and you know, even in the playground with other mums, nobody asks you what you did before you were a mum, which is what actually what shapes us a lot of the time. Um, and I've done it. I mean, I made terrible presumptions about people that I'd mm. met at school, and then when I got talking to people, I felt terrible that I'd presumed um, what I had. Um, so I now make a conscious effort to interrogate people about what they did before they were yeah. doing one thing. Yeah, you know,
0: I've made an observation about the way that uh, male networks work versus female networks before um, and it's usually dangerous ground i always think but um i think there's a great example here that men tend to figure out who's good at something mm. and then you know if we would make a sports analogy you know, if it was a football team the the bloke who's best in goal gets to be in goal and the rest of the team support him as their goalie and the guy that can run fast up the wing well it's everybody's job just to pass in the ball and go get on with it mm. uh, so th- so male networks tend to support the idea that one person is better at something than somebody else yeah. and my observation of women's networks are that you better not be the outlier yeah
1: because um my observation of women's networks which i only have a very limited amount of but is that we're, we're actually we are more insecure with each other than men are so all of these insecurities that we have in general um we then don't use it's not it's obviously often not a very positive and supportive environment to be in in a women's networking situation because we're always a, comparing ourselves to the other, thinking, is she better than me? Mm-hmm. Does she know more than me? Which is, is totally my experience of recent networking uh, events and also courses I've been on. We're all eyeing each other up saying, does, does she know more? Because you, know. <laughs> you need to know. You need to know where you are in the pecking order. And if, you're, if you see somebody is really good and really sort of, yeah, okay, I think they probably do know more than me, they are more professional than me, that's just the biggest... Kicking the teeth. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's a really complex... Most of us have got imposter syndrome, most of us are trying to find our way, and all of those insecurities are just making it, for me, not, not always a very positive environment to be in. And I find it better to actually be in, in the presence of men, because you don't have that same issue. Yeah, I
0: think there's a really strong argument that we, together, solve these things. I don't like all male environments, no. don't, don't, it's never something I'm particularly comfortable uh, to be in. Um, and for the long, you know, for at least a decade now, this he for she thing has been very, very important to me mm. to say, well, because I've learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I hired a great woman, Jacinta, um, and immediately made her head of diversity on my team I just I just perpetuated a horrible experience but when I stood up and said no no I'm going to I'm going to wear that he for she badge and be an ally and and use my privilege mm. for somebody else's benefit it just suddenly made a lot of sense to me so I'm I'm curious as to you know what are the what are the networks or networking opportunity that You'd like to see more guys showing up at just to be, just to have that positive impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that because I mean, you know, obviously, I'm in in a bit of space at the moment where it's it is when mum's trying to get back to work, mm-hmm. and that is a, a space that has its own characteristics. Um, but it, it just to me underlines the sort of state that those people are in, and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be in that. It, it, honestly. You know, it breaks my heart. It Breaks my heart to see these women um, in that emotional state of lack of confidence, just because they they're at home doing vital work, bringing up the children. Um, but it does mean we're all very insecure, and then in a group together, we're not that. It's not that positive a thing, and it should be. Really, you'd think that people would be supportive, but they're not. So you know, I
0: think we're going to have to go find some groups where we can insert some.
1: Something else, some diversity. Some diversity, honestly. it's true. It really it is. It is, yeah. It is, and I think um, that, yeah, people stop need to stop looking over their shoulder and just find their own space. What is your definition of a feminist? An ally
0: that believes in equity for gen across genders. Um, I don't think there's anybody that is a feminist that doesn't want equity in many other areas, uh, in, in all of the domains of diversity. So disabled should have the same rights. Um, it's just that gender is easy to spot and it's an easy place to have quite quite a big impact.
1: But do you think, uh, is, femi- is feminism and feminist an outdated
0: um, I really don't think it is, and again, I've had this, I've had this discussion um, with with some quite young women that are fairly horrified yeah. mm-hmm. at what feminism has stood for, because they see it as as anti-man. Mm-hmm. They see it as something that their mums or aunts or something were involved with, and that doesn't really doesn't really involve them, there's, yeah. there's nothing there for them. Um, but as soon as you scratch the surface, um, you know, something that's very obvious to me is that I've been surrounded all my life by really strong inspirational women. Uh, my daughter, my sister, my mum, my grandmother, my, all around me. Mm. And, it's, and it's inconceivable actually that anyone would try to put one of those women in their place yes. <laughs> or yeah. say that they were worth less or should have been paid less or should be more, um, that should expect less from life. Uh, so that's sort of, that was the, that's the origin of the dissonance for, for me. I, I just, hang on a minute, this seems odd. And then realizing that. Um, you know, as I went into my professional life, that my customers were pretty much 50 fifty-fifty. Uh, so, how did I think I could produce products or services with only one part of uh, society? Um, and there's, you know, there's a great example from uh, BP when the first pay at the pump. Uh, capabilities were being uh, looked at, BP looked at it, and their, their board of men mm-hmm. re- rejected it because they wanted people to go into the shop because they were going to spend more money. Uh, and of course, when the supermarkets actually embraced it, and it was Sainsbury's and Tesco's who went first, uh, they found that the, the mothers with young children who don't want to leave them stuck in the car while they go into the shop found this a massive service and of course reluctantly BP had to put it all back on but it was a bottom line yeah. issue that drove a company to think about its its diversity mm. and if you just have this one type of person making all of the decisions, mm. you're never going to address your whole marketplace so yeah. I think it's always you know the moral case is very strong right but it um, I'd hate anybody to think that (laughs) I think I've got some moral high ground here. It's always been a simple business imperative. It makes sense for the bottom line Mm -hmm. to have diversity of gender. Mm -hmm. It makes sense for the bottom line to have diversity of thought, Mm -hmm. of physical ability. Mm -hmm. And if you see yourself in a room of just your tribe. tribe yeah. And you're not there to watch rugby or do something else. That's perfectly a, you know, perfect tribal norm. Mm. Tribes have no place in the workplace. That's no. I think that's I think that's where it comes comes down to. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and do you know it's and it's it's fascinating to hear you use the petrol pumps as an analogy actually because I think also you know, we're talking about sort of discriminating men between women but there's also discrimination going women between women because you know you're not because of until you've been there you're not thinking about that woman with the baby in the car that women who have gone back to work discriminate against women that haven't necessarily gone back to work in mm. the same way um, and that, that just triggered with me with, with the pump analogy because there are certain things you experience at that point in your life that you have never experienced before there's a point where you think oh god, I've got to go to the supermarket how do I do this? where do I put the baby? and it's not until you experience it you, you realise that these things are a challenge um, so I think just looking at things from a different aspect is what I'm talking about mm-hmm. so you know god I've never even thought about that because until I was 41 years old i would never tried to buy petrol in the baby in a car right um you know it's that sort of yeah
0: uh, you look at the actions you took and you look at the results that it gave you mm-hmm. and if you don't like the results then you change some of the actions and you then you pay attention to the re- results again, and that's that's level one problem solving. But level two is when you add an observer, so now you can change the observer, mm. who may have a completely different perspective on the actions and on the results. Mm. And that level two thinking, yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's part of what I think about uh, feminism and why it's important for. Me as a man to say I think this is important is because I have a different Mm. point of observation. Yeah,
1: Mm. but should there be a a word that's (laughs) manism?
0: I don't think so because I just don't think you can make the case that men are discriminated
1: against. That
0: men are discriminated against to the same degree. Yeah. Do we? Do we earn more?
1: No, but I'll give you an example of yeah, one that on. breaks my heart is uh, dance. My, my daughter dances, most girls do, but there it is, most girls do. Uh, we had one boy, one boy, and he's gone, and they've just, they've just hold, held a male dance uh, class, and I think they've got a tiny number of boys. But um, I my favourite show on television at the moment is The Greatest Dancer, which may sound very... Fluffy and what have you, but if you, if, you, if you ever watch it, it's anything but fluffy. It tells so many stories in such an amazing way. And there are quite a lot of male dancers on there, but still far fewer than yeah. female. So it's a
0: useful... It's a, it's a really important story because exactly the same things are at play. There are casual abuses of privilege that if we don't stand up and say, hang on, I need to be an ally, and... Because you'll see it in your life on, on, when the shoe's on the other foot. Uh, so, what would it what would it take to be the ally of the of the young boy that wants to that wants to dance? Um, you're quite right. It is a it is a hard place. Uh, My my daughter wasn't even a year old and I'd made all these fancy pronouncements Mm. about how everything was going to be. And uh, there was a point when my wife just said, shut up and come
1: upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Opened her
0: wardrobe and said, I want you to point out all the things you bought her and it was all the pink Mm. princess stuff. Mm. Now, there's nothing wrong if Molly wants to be a princess. No. But if she, on the other hand, wants to do something else, then... I need to be at least as supportive yeah. of of that, uh, but it was a good reminder.
1: There are certain instances where it's just not socially acceptable for a man to do something, so I think there are, you know, dancing is one, of them. and that's
0: when we were at school and quite a long time ago. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there, and there have been huge, huge advances in yeah. that time. I think one of the reasons that feminism is still so important. Is that there's still a hell of a long way to go. Uh, I'm still shocked when I look at the pay gap. Yeah.
1: Because. Well, I. I, I yeah. You know, Build like a man. Build like a man was the conversation we had last week, wasn't it? Build
0: like a man, that's right. But I know for sure that I have never looked at gender when, deci- when deciding someone's pay scale. But I wonder if I've made unconscious decisions about promotability, about Mm. what platform I give somebody, what leadership role. Uh, So the pay gap itself I think is an interesting piece of data, but there's a much bigger piece of behaviour that we need to worry about than just Pay, mm. but it's a useful indicator that as a tip of the iceberg, if you're not even paying people equitably, mm. what chance are you giving them of getting to the boardroom? Mm. And the returning to work, uh, what do we call it? Returnships yeah. are so important because employers know, you know there's, a, there's a huge you know, on the one hand, you've got employers that are complaining they can't get people with skills and with experience, and on the other hand, you've got people saying they can't get the jobs that they would like to have. So there must be an opportunity here because there's a big overlap. You know, when I talk to HR mm. professionals and say, "Well, what career oh, paths?" Who are overwhelmingly female. If you ask them, well, what are the job families, what are the career paths that take somebody returning to work all the way to the board, mm. they're not there. The It works the other way around, that those board positions, you can see an unbroken career path to coming out of university, mm. unbroken. Mm. There is no eight years out in those Career paths. So our own HR systems are so far from helping returnships. Mm. And when I talk to uh, people that are really keen to to return to you know, corporate life, um, they'll tell me that one of the big difficulties is, well, if you look at my CV, I've got no experience. But from what you've told me yourself. You know, Handling an extra life, all of those skills, managing time, mm. managing projects, uh, getting things done at exactly the right time, because it yeah. really is life or death actually yeah, yeah, with, yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> with <laughs> a three-month. <laughs> these are these are skills that employers well, need in Spain. And actually,
1: honestly, I think you know. I mean, it's, t- it's ten years since officially I you know had a proper job and um, <laughs> um, but that's the thing it is 10 years since I had a you know P 45 pace hit whatever um, but in that time I've, I've had more time to, um, to grow as a person obviously because I've become a mum I am a lot more confident in my ability to handle the big decisions in life than I was mm-hmm. back then a lot more confident and um, you know whether it be in a boardroom or whatever I feel like I've Learned so much just because you're not, you, your brain is, is geared, is caught up with lots of detail, like what am I going to feed, feed people and things like that, but it's not intellectual detail so much. So you, your brain's got a bit more space to sort of breathe. And you know, I feel, I feel a lot more, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been curious, but never as curious and, and wanting to learn as I am now. Yeah. Never. I've got yeah. a thirst for knowledge. I feel like I know more than I ever have done. And I think that's generally the case when you've had a bit of time out of the day-to-day drudgery of a career. And I think it's time people recognise that, um, you know, I've learnt loads of new skills too because I'd see a project and think, I'm bored, I'm doing that project.
0: Right, right. So, and if you want something done, give it to a busy person.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've learnt skills that I didn't have. and Yeah, so I don't... You know, I don't feel out of date in any way, shape, or form at, at this point. I'm just got to get the confidence to tell people that. Yeah. That's the, that's the biggest hurdle. How can we help?
0: How can we help people be more confident? How can we build that confidence? Aha. Well, part of it is attacking some of those networks that are actually more toxic than they are supportive. Yeah, right. for sure. And one of the ways we can do that is to encourage those to be more. Diverse.
1: But yeah, in terms of what you can do, well, God, I mean, I think
0: there's. I think that's a great one. Uh, uh, because the reason I like it is that it's a piece of advice I give everybody, which is if ever you see yourself in a situation where it's just your tribe mm. and you're not watching your tribe play, think about the diversity. Mm. Who else could we invite that would improve this grouping?
1: Definitely. Um, I think I do think, though, that there are. Having said that, a lot of men with some prejudices and, stereoty- and stereotypical prejudices against about women in the workplace and all the rest of it. And I think, uh, you know, I, the patronising comment, the comment about pa- I was I was definitely patronised by this bloke. Yeah. And that's quite common. That's got to stop. Yes. Um, and the reason that the meeting that I went to last night was a different sort of meeting is uh, because they're confident in their own ability, in their own whatever, in a way that women quite often aren't. So it's much easier to deal with, and you know, much more productive. But um, you know, that those same people can also make you feel very small if, if you're not sure. confident enough person to deal with it.
0: So is feminism still relevant in 2020?
1: Absolutely, you've convinced me that it is now, (laughs) but it should be called modern feminism.
0: All right, and how will you celebrate International Women's Day?
1: Um, In actual fact, the way I will celebrate International Women's Day is to encourage more women to run and that is quite a literal thing because that is a great way to build confidence. Uh,
0: I think we should have another podcast on running. running. (laughs) on that subject
1: absolutely <laughs>
0: awesome well thank you very much for, uh, for joining me in,
1: in this podcast well, it been fun
0: <laughs> well thank you for joining me I'm James Stanbridge and this has been the Head and Tails podcast look out every Thursday for the next edition thank you